Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Consistency, I have certain things that I do every single day, no matter what. Mm. Sunday, Christmas, when I don't feel well. <laughs> every single day. So there's one piece of value content, either a video or a post or a blog post for my audience. I do my mindset work every single day. So really getting myself in the right headspace of focusing on the successes, focusing on what I want, focusing on what I want to create instead of focusing on what's not working so well or whatever's going wrong or did go wrong and beating myself up for that. So content creation, mindset work and connecting with my audience. Content creation, mindset work, and connecting with the audience. That's something that you can do every day. And today's guest talks exactly about how she was consistent with what she wanted to do. She visualized her future and she went for it. And a lot of times you're in positions where you know you want to do something, but you don't quite have the bravery to take a leap. Well, I hope this episode inspires you to basically take the leap and listen to that inner voice. And she also equips you all with potential strategies to make sure that your audience grows as well. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's episode is with Susie Koifer. Now, she's a visibility and mindset coach for female entrepreneurs who desire the freedom and flexibility to travel with an online business. She's currently on a second tour around the world and has been a nomad for four years. In the last year, she's moved 49 times. Susie creates multiple five-figure months from her laptop while she's at the beach, living in luxury accommodations, or adventuring. So I'm very, very uh, interested to see how you, Susie, help your clients create high-ticket offers and allow them that freedom lifestyle. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much I'm happy for having me. Well, the pleasure is mine. Where are you calling me from today? I'm in Vietnam at the moment, yeah. and I know you've lived there in the past. Yes, my old stomping ground. Hanoi. I used to live in Hanoi. <laughs> um, what part of Vietnam are you in? Um, we started in Hanoi, but it was a bit foggy and smoggy there, so we're actually at the beaches of Phukok at the moment. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, before we get we get into going to Vietnam, I, I want you to take us back to the beginning of your, of your you know your journey here. You know, take me take me and the audience to early lives the the early years of uh Susie and then what was that turning point for you that you realized that you were going to be this visibility and mindset coach of course so basically my life starts in classic conventional corporate business life in Germany that's where I was born that's where I lived for the first 30 years of my life and um after school there are certain expectations what you should do so I followed the career path worked my way up worked 
in marketing and build a successful career. I think that's what people would call it. I made good money, I had a car, an apartment, all the things, the handbags. <laughs> people think uh, they should buy with their money, but it didn't feel right. <laughs> it just never felt right for me. Right from the beginning, even when I was 18, I felt like there must be something more than that. But I didn't know what that would be. So it took me years and years and years, actually. There's not much happening between my 20th and my 30th birthday. I'm working. I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. Um, I'm waiting for holidays where I can travel, but that's only a couple of weeks per year. And then it's going back to normal life, which was always incredibly frustrating for me. Yeah, and it took me ages to get out of that, to be honest, because I was simply really growing up with this employee mindset. That's what you're supposed to do. You get a job, you work, you save money, you retire, and after you retire, maybe you do some traveling. But that never really felt like it's enough for me. I always wanted more. I always wanted to explore different cultures. I always wanted to explore myself in a different culture. I felt like the German culture is not really great for my own character traits like I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I'm Germans tend to be a bit negative about things and that didn't really do me very well to be honest <laughs> <laughs> so on my 30th birthday I finally had enough I think 30s or 40s or 50s birthdays are always the time where you take a moment to reflect or start falling into a midlife crisis or something but for me, that was the turning point where I thought, okay, it's enough. I, I can't do that until I'm 67 and then see what's left of my life. So I quit my job, took all my savings, sold my car, sold my furniture, and embarked with a one-way ticket to South Africa. Traveled through Africa, Asia, Australia for a year, and basically never returned. Everybody was waiting for me to come back after this one-year adventure and then go back to conventional normal life and it just didn't happen wow wow and uh, <clears throat> I'm always fascinated with this one-way ticket I've interviewed a lot of uh, nomads and entrepreneurs and people who have similar lifestyles to yours and there's a certain amount of bravery that comes with a one-way ticket so you just said you know what all savings are gone bam I'm gonna go to South Africa when you land in South Africa, was there any moment of culture shock or did you just quickly figure out how to communicate across uh, the different cultures? I didn't really have a big culture shock. I honestly had a culture shock when I went back to Germany for the first time, which is really weird. Oh, yeah. But I felt really like in my own element, diving into other cultures and experiencing myself in other cultures. I felt like that's how I actually find out who I really am when I'm not in my own culture when I'm not surrounded by all those beliefs and things that my culture brought and I threw myself heading first into another culture, that was very, very interesting to see, okay, what's really me and what's my culture and who am I in a different culture? Wow. Now, okay, well, then this is good. I, I want to dive deeper. So obviously it seems like you are naturally skilled or more skilled than most people who find themselves in that situation. You had the reverse culture shock, but not the natural culture shock. So you, when you're in South Africa, what did you do initially to sort of ingratiate yourself with that culture? And I ask this because a lot of the listeners, they have plans to travel or are people who are currently figuring out how to navigate different divides. So maybe there are like two to three tips that you could share. Yeah, awesome. I'm actually not as flexible as this sounds. Like I'm a person <laughs> that loves planning. I'm a person that loves to be prepared. And I love to 
feel safe by creating an environment that doesn't overwhelm me completely. Okay. Um, so I know myself, so I plan ahead like that. I did have a couple of plans, very detailed. I knew when the bus leaves in South Africa from one city to the next, which is probably not very typical for full-time travelers and nomads, but I love to be prepared. And I actually started with a bit of a smooth transition. So I booked a course in a language school in Cape Town, not because I actually need to learn to speak English, but because I knew I would have one place where I would go, I would know that there's a couple of people surrounding me and I would know that I have a couple of days or weeks to adjust in an environment where someone picks me up at the airport, brings me to a lang like language school, there's fixed accommodation. And that's how I started the first two weeks, just because I know myself and I knew that helped me a lot instead of just going without a plan and hoping to work everything out once I arrive at the destination with my backpack. Um, that helps me a lot. I think that really depends on the type of traveler you are. But if this really is very, very daunting to you and you really have no idea how life would work if you arrive with your backpack, your one-way ticket and no plan, then plan something ahead. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I didn't stick to all my plans and I didn't plan out the whole four years. That's absolutely impossible. But I always love to have a kind of an idea where I'm going next. How do I get there? what's safe, what's not safe. I love to prepare those things and build some knowledge before I jump into something like that. And that helps me to be prepared, which then didn't lead to too many culture shocks, actually. There you go. Uh, preparation is key. And you sort of, you create a routine that you were connected with. And one of the things I want you all to listen to is that um, self-awareness is key for everything that you're doing, whether it's traveling uh, or finding yourselves in new situations. Because if you truly understand your internal culture, you can and understand how to operate from that. So I love that you found a place where you could sort of have that balance, whether it was a language school, and then um, you then were able to, you know, that I imagine boosted your confidence because it, it put some sort of routine around you, and then it, it sort of gave you more confidence to do and try new things. Exactly. So yeah. after two weeks in South Africa, I felt more comfortable on how to engage with people, how to behave, how to travel by myself, and how to then move on and travel the whole country. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it. And now, now you say you're a visibility and mindset coach for female entrepreneurs. So uh, can you explain to us what that means? Well, actually, when I decided that I'm not going to ever go back to the normal life of back in a nine-to-five, um, starting my own business became my topic because it was kind of clear that I didn't want to work in backpacker jobs or start from scratch again in foreign countries where I moved to. I did that in Australia. So I arrived in Australia. Um, I was 32 at that time and started working with a bunch of 18 years old in the same job. And I was like, well, actually, I'm overqualified for this, to be honest. But that's what you do when you arrive in a new country and don't have any foundation to jump back into something higher. But I basically really wanted to build my own thing and take it with me because I knew I would never stick to one place for 10 years. I just couldn't imagine that. So... I did what I had the background in. I have a background in marketing and a background in coaching. And I basically didn't know that there exists such a large world of online coaching. I had no idea, which was probably good because I think just by seeing that, it's not a good motivation to start an online coaching business. Right. I really started that because it was what I knew and it was what I was seriously passionate about. And um, I started my business two years ago and I found my clients... Before I had a website, I found them 
why hanging out on social media? I found my clients on Instagram, on Facebook, and then more and more people basically asked me how I did that. How can you find customers and clients for your online business just online? And it can be clients from all over the world. I have clients from Europe, from America, from Australia. Well, I'm in Asia and it really doesn't matter, which is fabulous. So I now help people to do the same. How can they be visible online so clients find them? You don't have to chase the clients. And where and how do they post so that's easy and actually fun? I don't want that to be a hard task. Mm. Mm. Well, now I'm really curious. Well, what are things that people can do to improve their visibility online? I would... I would stick to what you do anyway. So mm -hmm. what are the social media platforms you do hang out? If you don't have an Instagram account, I will not force you to create one and do something that you actually don't enjoy doing. But I have always shared my travels since four years on my Instagram account, for example. You can scroll back through my whole life and the whole uh, trip there if you want. And um, the same on Facebook. So I've, I've personally always used those two platforms to stay in touch with my family and friends originally. And later on, I really used it to share my business journey. I shared with people how I got started. I shared with people how I found clients. I shared with people how I changed my mindset from, like from, from employee mindset to entrepreneurial mindset. And that's all I do. And then people ask me. People come to me and say, okay, I really want to know more about that. How do I do that for my business? Or what do you exactly do to change your mindset? Hmm. Yeah, so that's interesting. I'm actually on your Instagram right now. So it's dreamlife underscore deluxe. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I'm looking at what you've done. You, you basically, you share your, your journey. I, I guess... Basically, I guess, that's it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I guess I'm curious though. Let's say I, I'm, I'm in the position of one of the listeners here. They're thinking... Really love what Susie's saying. Susie, she's speaking my language. I definitely want to do this. I'm tired of this job. I want to travel. But um, and I, I use these platforms. I use Instagram and Facebook, but um, I don't know how to track those clients. And I know you said continue to do what you're doing, but are there tactics that um you can sort of employ in your career that will make you be searchable? Because that that yeah, that's what I'm curious about. You know, if someone's mm -hmm. starting a business. What are the, I don't know, two to three things that they can work on now, even though they already have social media platforms that can then attract people? Let's take Instagram as an example. You can use 30 hashtags on each of your posts on Instagram. Right, right. And you want to use the hashtags that your ideal client or customer uses. So I always use hashtag digital nomad, hashtag digital nomad girls, anything related to location independent, online business, coaching, I have a whole bunch of that that I use. Mm. So you want to use something that your people would look for if they would search for something topic related. They will not search for Zuzi the business coach because they don't know me yet. <laughs> <laughs> but they might search for something like how to travel the world with my online with my online business or how to become a digital nomad. And that's where you want to position yourself to so that you get found if someone gets looking for that. Yeah, yeah. And if you're, if you're listening right now, so Instagram has, you can use up to 30 hashtags after your caption. You can be in a, in a post or it can be in your caption and that can attract people. You can also follow hashtags, by the way. Um, and what happens is if you follow these hashtags, they show up in your feed. And if you start to like enough of them, you know, and you've used those hashtags yourselves, people can also uh, be curious about you because you say, oh, you like my picture. Let me see what you're up to. Uh, those type of things. So, that, so that's one way. And 
what I'm hearing from you and what I, I hope you all listeners are getting is that if you want to improve your visibility, you really need to understand the audience you're trying to serve. And if you want to understand the audience you're trying to serve, you need to do the research of things that they like. So what are those keywords that are things that they're looking for? What are the long-term search words that they search for in Google? And then things like you answering those questions in the form of a, form of a blog post, in the form of a podcast, in the form of your, whatever social media platform you do would, be, would naturally position you as an authority there because you're going to show up. And algorithms always work in a way where if you're a similar topic and you have the same headline, um, you know, things like that start to happen. What, what would you say? Exactly. About, yeah, thank you. I mean, thanks for reiterating that because that's, that's something I found to be true in my journey, but it's, it's very interesting to hear that that's actually uh, something that works in the, in the social media world. What, what, would, what, what would you, um, actually, what's your take on consistency? Consistency, I have certain things that I do every single day, no matter what. Mm. Sunday, Christmas, when I don't feel well, every single day. I do create content every single day. So there's one piece of value content, either a video or a post or a blog post for my audience to find every single day. I do my mindset work every single day. So really getting myself in the right headspace of focusing on the successes, focusing on what I want, focusing on what I want to create instead of focusing on what's not working so well or whatever's going wrong or did go wrong yeah. and beating myself up for that. So content creation, mindset work, and connecting with my audience. Wow. So every single day I reply to questions, comment, connect with people, and I think building real connections on social media is very, very important as well to yeah. find clients, but as well to have real connections with your audience and knowing them and loving them. If you don't love your audience and you don't really care about them, it's not going to work, ever. Content creation, mindset work, and knowing the audience. Perfect. Now, the content creation, we, we all know what that is like in today's world. you got to stay consistent with your work. I've been doing this podcast since 2014 and um, never missed a week, right? And I always say, people always ask me how you get started, how I got started. And I said, this podcast is actually what launched my career because it gave me a solid foundation for people to, to observe my portfolio, right? So people would listen to me talk here like this and say, you should speak. And then I, I took their advice and I said, okay, let me speak at this. And then once, this, once I spoke, I was able to uh, try, uh, leverage that into consulting. But I was always able to also redirect that, them to a podcast that I've done in the past, uh, and they would hear about my blog post. So that consistency, even though it didn't seem like it at first, is something that now over the last, oh, you know, I want to say almost four years, people can go back and see, okay, there's a certain track record. I feel more comfortable hiring this guy. So that, that's, that's why consistency of consecration is good. You mentioned something else, though, the second thing. One of my favorite things to work on is the mindset, because if you don't train your mind, it's really hard to do anything else. It doesn't matter how strong you are physically. If your mind isn't strong, nothing else will, will work in a sustainable fashion. What are some of your mindset practices? Now, that is so, so incredibly important for me because I feel like I've shifted so much in regards of what I thought was possible when I was still living in Germany. I was only surrounded by people doing the same thing. And even though I kind of had bigger dreams, I absolutely didn't believe they're possible because I didn't know anyone who does that. I didn't see that for myself. And yeah, I just didn't have those thoughts. I didn't wake up in the morning and thought, think, oh, I can totally do this. I will create a six-figure business while traveling around the world. Seemed 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Absolutely unrealistic to me. So what I now do every single day is dreaming unrealistically big about really what do I want to create? If I could have anything in the world, how would I make an impact in the world? No limitations allowed. No, oh, that's not possible because... If you really allow yourself to dream really, really big, what would you do? How would you make an impact? On which stages would you want to speak? Who would you want to serve? How much money do you want to make? What would you make with that money? Who would you donate it to? What would you buy? So really, I call that big vision, really tapping into the big vision that I see for myself for the next couple of years or next couple of months. And that motivates me a lot to keep going. When you have a clear vision of what you're working towards, that's, so such a motivator to actually keep going, even through harder times or struggles. You know, you know why that's so key? Because uh, uh, there's an analogy I like to use with that. So whenever you think about criminals, and I know this is going a weird way, but stay with me. <laughs> if, you think, <laughs> if you think about criminals, right, but the first time they stole or did something bad, they might have felt guilty. But they somehow got to a level where they told themselves that what they were doing is in the best interest of themselves and it became easier. So if you start to tell yourself, like this, this visualization practice that you're saying, I'm going to make a six-figure business. This is how I'm going to do it. I'm visualizing myself there right now, signing this check. And on this date, I'll get there. You do that repeatedly. It starts to feed into your subconscious. And it becomes one of the first automatic things that you start to think about. And I find as humans, our natural easiest reaction is to be, you know, to react out of fear or, or, or just say, I can't. And it's actually harder to be positive. So you... That mindset work is actually so important to do on a daily basis because just as like I said with criminals, they convince themselves that somehow that what they're doing is good. You have to say it, see it, believe it. And even if you don't necessarily believe it at first, it's going to get there if you stay consistent. Exactly. You can convince yourself of everything. And you have proof for that already, usually in a negative way, though. What you're currently convinced of is usually when you give an honest look back, what you've experienced before, what you've focused on before, and what you've thought about all the time before, which is actually a piece of proof that you can turn it around by focusing on something else, telling yourself something else, and repeat that again and again. Yeah, 100%. No, I, I, love, I love what you do, Susie. So this, this is now, so we've now gone to the part where you came to that crossroad, you said, enough is enough, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to take this one-way trip to South Africa. You, you create systems around you to feel comfortable. Then you just said, okay, I figured this out. I'm going to create a business. I'm not going to do the typical backpack of that. I'm going to create a business around um, six figure, you know, helping people create, uh, basically find freedom. So you basically create a business around doing what you already do. 
is what was what I'm hearing. You know. Yep. <laughs> so essentially, you formed your own career, and you're now when people come up to you and they say, "Hey, I I don't know what I want to do. I just now want to travel." How do you get them to find their why? The only reason I'm asking this is because it can become dangerous if someone doesn't necessarily know what they want to do. They just know they want to travel. You knew what you wanted to do because you're like, I just want to help other people do exactly what I'm doing right now. I know there are a lot of people there. But I don't imagine that everybody wants to travel and have a freedom lifestyle is, is, is as gifted as you in that. They might not know what they want to do. So how do you get them to find their why? I think it's a bit digging deep into what you're really passionate about and what your skills are or what your talents are or what you bring from a previous job that you actually even might have a block that you don't want to use it. I wanted so desperately leave behind the marketing world and the advertising world that I, at the beginning, was pretty blocked of using those skills. I was like, well, I want to do coaching. And yeah, I have 10 years experience in marketing, but I really want to cut that part of my life off. Um, but then I'm, I noticed that you can transition those skills into something that really serves the purpose that you want to serve. And I think most people have that. Everybody has some kind of skills and some kind of passions. Nobody has nothing there. Even when I meet people who say that, they just never saw themselves in a way where you really empower yourself by looking at those things. And when you learn to do that by really noticing what's your unique story, what are your unique talents, and what you actually want to do with that, and how can you transition stuff that is already there but you maybe don't see yet how you can turn that into an own, like into your own business. Yeah, yeah. You have to unmask yourself to uncover your your driving passion. Um, That's a great quote. I will quote you on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I say that a lot. Uh, yeah. When I work with one on one clients, and they always ask me, "What's the first thing you're going to say?" Well, we're going to unmask you, right? That's how you're going to yeah. find your your driving passion. And and I love what you're saying because if you if you're someone out there thinking about, well, I don't really know what I want to do. Um, I always ask people to. Aside from unmasking themselves, think about the things that you go on rants about, you know, you complain about, yeah. and the things that you love. Things, so your rants and your raves, it's always in between those things. And it's not, I'm not just talking about like, if it's sports, it's fine. That's great. I love sports. But maybe like for me, I, I grew up in those, like a lot of times where there was inequality. So inequality really, you know, pisses me off. And the things that I love are when people, you know, are underdogs and they push through. And that's why my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. I want people to celebrate diversity and inclusion and understand there's a possibility for them, despite what society tells them. So that was something I had to figure out how to connect. Because on the surface, oh, I hate inequality. Everybody hates inequality. Um, but I had to go to why do I hate inequality? It's because um, I used to be someone that wasn't seen, heard, and understood. Why did I feel that way? It's because da 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 So I think once you get to that level, you'd really dig behind your, your whys and, and, and your, your rants and raves, you start to have something that's a bedrock. And now then you can create those businesses around, around that. Like you are a shining example. You literally create a business around the lifestyle that you want. Exactly. It's great how you describe that. I think that's how you find your message. Yeah. And I think by asking yourself the kind of questions that going deeper and deeper you'll find the answer. Most people just don't do that because they're not taught to do that and they didn't grow up doing that. Like, if, if you're struggling to answer the question, what do I really want to do with my life? There's no reason to get desperate. It's just an uncomfortable question if you didn't ask yourself that before very, very often. And what I would do in this case would be to try to write it down every single morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you brought up a good point. I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with what they might find out about themselves it's a very difficult uh naked question it's like man 
what do I really want to do? And that, that space of vulnerability is not one that a lot of people like to be in. So, um, yeah, love that. A lot of what you talk about, you know, you talk about attracting people to, to get to where you are. And you've talked about the importance of mindset. There's another thing that I always like to talk about with mindset. It's, it's pricing. You know, let's say you get someone to a level where they've packaged their talent and their skill set into something. Something that, they, they, that, uh, something that they can sell. How can people overcome that scarcity mindset where they don't want to charge too much because they feel people are saying no? Oh, I so had that when I was starting out. I was way underpricing my coaching services at the beginning yeah. um, because, because I was worried not to find any clients. Now, I think I have doubled my prices since then five times oh, wow. and I still find clients. So that you don't find clients at a certain level anymore is not true. It's just a different person you're going to work with. It's going to be a different level of commitment and it's going to be a different level of results they're getting. So you can get clients for $50, for $500, and for $5,000. What changes is your mindset and the kind of level of support you provide between those tiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's so true. I, I've had that myself. And I think that's probably the biggest thing I've had to overcome. Um, and how do you communicate your price then? Because... If, if you're in a different country, right, you're dealing with many different things. You're dealing with time zones. You're dealing with all sorts of things. And so if someone says, hey, I love what you do, it's just a little out of my reach. And you get that all the time. And someone is going back to you over phone. How do you communicate your value to them so that they understand that, hey, this is an investment that's going to actually help you more than you're, than you're paying right now. And you're going to earn way more than that. What type of language do you use to communicate that? There's different people for different offers and for different price ranges. So if I meet someone like that and they really cannot afford or don't see the value in hiring a one-on-one consultant for a high VIP price tier, I usually guide them to one of my courses or one of my lower priced offers. But that means they have to work through the stuff themselves. They have to find their own way to apply that for their own business and to have to find their own way to create their own success with that. And just having a course or having a video training or a tool or a book how many valuable books are out there that could actually change your life if you would apply them step by step but how many people don't do that and that is the power where coaching or consulting comes in because that's the level of commitment where you actually get the stuff for yourself have someone working with you on your own business and not just having a step-by-step step guide that is available there for a lower price like I've signed up for courses heaps like that, but it still didn't help me to really scale my business to six figures or multiple six figures. What I needed was a person who has done this and a person who can help me personally with personal support to get me through that. Yeah. So if someone is not, is not ready yet, I don't think you can convince them. I would probably let them go and guide them to something else so they can try by themselves. But I think the people who are fed up with trying by themselves or that are fed up with the speed will always look for one-on-one support or consulting to move forward faster. I don't even believe that you can't achieve anything without a coach. Like you can get your visibility up without me, but with me and my support, it will be faster. So that's for the people who want fast results and want to take action fast. Love it. Love it. Okay. This is good. So we've covered a lot. We've talked about your journey here. Now, a uh, mindset and the importance of, you know, creating multiple offers. That's what I, I got from there. Sometimes 
you know, you can give yourself layers where one-on-one -on -one is the highest version. If you do a course, that's a lower tier version. And then um, maybe there's an even um, lower version than that, like a discovery type of call that you could charge type of thing. So there are multiple options that, that exist with your business. And if you, if you structure it in such a way where someone really gets value on a, on a multiple levels, they sometimes will, this is my personal experience, they will get, they'll find a way to get the money because they had so much value from, from one of your lower tier offers that they said, I got to figure out a way to work with her. Right. So, um, that's, that's one way as, as we're, as we're getting ready to close, I want you to talk to me about just this lifestyle change you've had. I mean, You've gone to so many countries. How many, you know, which is your favorite? What do you like to do when you go to a new place? What, 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 what is a typical Susie thing to do once you land? What's your favorite food? Tell me everything. <laughs> oh, my God. I've been to so many places. Um, it sometimes gets a bit overwhelming. Like, I don't count countries or something like that. Um, I've done a lot of house sitting because I always need the switch between traveling and experiencing a lot of new stuff. And then it gets a bit too much after a couple of weeks when I'm like last year, we moved 50 times. That was crazy. That was amazing, but a tiny bit draining as well. <laughs> so I, I, I love to house it. Yes. No, I was saying I can imagine 50 times is crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. So I love to have a house it or a pet sit for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. And I love pets, but having pets while it's traveling full time is a bit hard. So pet sitting was actually the perfect solution for me for that. So I stay a couple of weeks or a couple of months in house sit and pet sits. And the next one is already lined up in Australia for five months. I stay there for free. I have a home for a certain period of time and I can really immerse myself in the country. Like that's really living there like a local. And I love that. Just not hopping from hotel to hotel to hotel, but really having a home, going to the local supermarket, going to the local, I don't know, whatever you can do there, <laughs> and meet the neighbors and meet the people and really live there like a local for a while. I love that. Yeah. Instead of just hopping from hotel to hotel and going to fancy restaurants and stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, that's good. That's good. And then another thing that I'm curious about is how do you find love in these type of situations? Because if you're not stable in one area, is it possible? I'm just curious. It's possible. I've been very lucky. I don't know how I did it, though. So I, I found someone and said, okay, I've been in Australia for a couple of months now. I want to quit my job again and travel the world full time. Will you come with me? And I'm a very lucky girl because he said yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, that is very lucky. And I, I definitely don't want to discourage anyone to, to, to think that it's not possible but because I, I know a lot of people would have done it. Um, I just know that people are also, you know, that's a fear that people legitimately have. You know, it's like, what are we going to do? You know, what if I want to move and you have a stable job? How are we going to make it work? And I was just curious, you know, if you've seen something that's worked for your, your fellow nomads and maybe if you could share those tips as well. I think it's very, very important to find someone that has the same values. If you really have very, very, very different ideas of your long-term vision of your life, so one person imagines a house, three kids, a proper job, a mortgage, and a dog, and the other person wants to travel full-time around the world, I think that's really, really hard because one person will probably have to give up on their desired lifestyle and make a huge compromise. That's true. That's so. True. When looking for love, I would probably ignore anything like how the person should look like, 
I would really focus on, I want to find someone who shares the same values in life than I do. And that would be my number one top requirement. Yeah, good, good. Make sure you connect over values uh, because it's, it's very important to think long-term as well if you're going to be someone that's um, extremely mobile because that's not something that everybody can commit to. So yeah, okay. Um, and your, your type of clients, who are the type of people that can work with you? Who are you interested in working with? I'm sure some of them are in the audience. I mainly work with women who already have an idea for a business or have started their occasion independent business or have an offline business but want to bring it online so they can actually be location independent. And that's the people I help to grow their audience so they can find more clients and grow their mindset and their confidence as well so they can show up with conviction and sell their offers with conviction. Yeah, show up with conviction, sell your offers with conviction. And you're someone who's been uh, who's been successful at that. So th there's no doubt. You've got the track record. So if someone wants to see your track record online, where can they go? You can easily find me on social media. I'm all day on social media. But I have a website as well, which is dreamlifedeluxe.com. That's probably the easiest way to find me because the spelling of my last name is a bit funky. And from there on, you can find all my freebies that I offer. And you can find me on Facebook, on Instagram. And connect with me. I'm always happy to connect with people. Okay. Well, there you go. I uh, I love the fact that you are unapologetically yourself. I love the fact that you are still doing this and you, you haven't looked back. I think you were even joking with me earlier that your parents <laughs> and your family have been like, where is she? Like, she doesn't want to come back home. I thought this was a phase, but it's not a phase. So <laughs> you've, you've fully... Interesting, been, yeah. They yeah. did realize after four years, after four years, I think it did... Think in with everyone. It's not a face. She's just doing this. <laughs> oh, man. I, I love that so much. But I can't let you go without asking you my final question. So my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. I ask this of all my guests. How do you use your difference to make a difference? Oh, man. Um, I think it's pretty similar to your message. It's really you have to be yourself and help others to be themselves. There's so much hiding and there's so much... People pleasing, there's so much where people try to fit into a box that just didn't doesn't feel right. And you have to break free from that box and create your own path and create your own way. That's the only way to get happy. Yeah, yeah. No, super, super key. You know, you're helping people be themselves and you're helping them do so online where they don't have to compromise. It's a very important mission, very important goal. So thank you for doing that. We'll make sure we put all your links in the show notes. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I know it's a different time zone over there in uh, Vietnam. So uh, <laughs> thank you for making the time. Thanks so much for having me. The pleasure is mine. And ladies and gentlemen, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.